You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the editor of Dunking With Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the Fan Side Network. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Check out prizepicks.com and use promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Happy Monday, everybody. This is the post game podcast, and it is a happy Monday. The Timberwolves close the weekend closed out their five-game losing streak with the victory of the Portland Trailblazers in Portland on Sunday night by a final score of 116 to 111. Uh, This was a breath of fresh air, and uh, there's a lot to like about this game. So we're going to break it all down, talk key takeaways, how the Wolves held on at the end, what changed from the first half to the second half. And yes, the Wolves were up by one at halftime, but they were really a different team in the second half. The first half, they were just kind of holding it together. In the second half, they uh, you know, built a, a double-digit lead a couple different times, were down late, but still surged ahead and ended up winning by multiple possessions. It was really kind of a, a fun game uh, overall. So we're going to do key takeaways. We'll also do individual studs and duds, as we always do in the post-game podcast. That's all coming up on the show here today. First of all, thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. And remember, the show is free and available on all platforms. That includes YouTube as well as all your favorite audio platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, and the all-new Odyssey app. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockdownTWolves and at BBeacon with two Bs, two Es, C-K-E-N. All right, so this game, just kind of the setup real quick. The Blazers came into this game having lost four and I think six out of their last seven games. The Timberwolves had lost five straight. Uh, The Blazers had been missing Damian Lillard for the better part of the last couple of weeks. They also had a couple of other guys. uh, Anthony Simons had missed the last three games. Uh, Nasir Little, I think, had come back and played one, but had missed like the four or five games just prior to that. The Timberwolves, of course, no D'Angelo Russell the last three. Just the second game back for, I guess, third game back now for Patrick Beverly from injury. Um, And a handful of guys, you know, have been out going back 10 days or so due to illness and all that stuff. So the Timberwolves were finally... If D'Lo played, which he did, they were going to be full strength. The Blazers were effectively full strength. No Zeller, uh, no Cody Zeller, no, uh, there's somebody else. Obviously, CJ McCollum is is out for an extended period of time with the collapsed lung. Um, so understand that the Blazers didn't have McCollum. But the point here is that both teams really needed this game. Both teams were desperate. Both teams had their star point guard coming back. I, I understand also Lillard's on a different level than D'Lo, but whatever. There's some symmetry there. And uh, I mean, the Blazers and Timberwolves were both coming into this game at 11 and 15 um, and just just needed a win badly. Um, And also it's a really intriguing matchup. I mean, the Blazers are a top 10 offense, bottom two. I think they're 29th coming into the game in defensive rating. The Timberwolves for much of the year have been a top 10 defense. I think they were number 13 in defensive rating, but a good defense and a bad offense, really a bottom five offense so far this season. So you had strength versus weakness. It's it's the something had to give situation. Um, you know, digging a little bit deeper, we talked. To, I guess we didn't really preview this one since it was a Sunday game. But the Blazers uh, were middle of the pack in in getting fouled in terms of free throw attempts on offense. A you know, good offense that is middle of the pack in, in uh, free throw rate, middle of the pack in three point percentage. They're just overall good and efficient and solid, and obviously rely on on Dame and on CJ McCollum uh, when healthy. Obviously, uh, quite a bit, and with those guys out. Of course, they've been struggling a lot lately, whereas the Timberwolves are dead last in opponent free throw rate. They allow a lot of free throws. They also have lately been allowing a lot of made three pointers by opponents. 
Um, so, so again, something had to give. Well, early in this game, we saw why both teams are 11 and 15. It was just very sloppy. The Timberwolves led by seven at the end of the first quarter, but the defense was pretty miserable for Minnesota. They were not uh, were not executing their pick and roll defense well at all. The Blazers were doing uh, were kind of manipulating the Timberwolves' coverage. A lot of Yusuf Nurkic, you know, rolling to the basket, creating open three point opportunities because the Wolves were just kind of just kind of getting sucked to the middle of the floor and allowing the Blazers wide open three point attempts. It was really just, just a, a lazy for lack of a better term, defensive effort by Minnesota early in the game. Thankfully the offense was clicking, um, but it, it just didn't feel like a, like a good start to the game. Um, lazy defense, the, uh, the, it took, it took kind of the whole first quarter for the Timberwolves offense to really get going. Nobody really stood out as an individual, you know, strong individual performer for the Timberwolves in the first quarter, second quarter, Anthony Edwards got going, but the defense still wasn't very good. And Minnesota was just up one at halftime. Third quarter though, it was all about, uh, all about Carl Anthony Towns, uh, really came alive and the Blazers limited him in that Towns didn't even make a three-pointer until the fourth quarter. He had only attempted one three, or excuse me, he never made a three-pointer in this game. Um, I think he hit one in the corner. His foot must've been on the line. It was, it was, but weird. He attempted one three-pointer in the first half. The Timberwolves were trying to get him touches around the elbows, which they've done a lot more of lately to try and avoid the double team. Towns did have a couple of bad turnovers, right? You know, there was a travel, there were two offensive fouls in the first half, uh, at least one of which was very ticky tack. But again, we're still looking at a player who roughly a third of the fouls he commits going back to last, last year and this year combined are offensive fouls. And, And Towns had some issues with that in this game. But in the third quarter, he got fouled a little bit. He was a little bit more creative with his offensive game. The Timberwolves continued to go to him. He was great on the glass. I did a lot of that work in the second and third quarters in this game. Strong third quarter from Towns. The Timberwolves actually built, uh, they had a 12-0 run. They built a double-digit lead. The Blazers got turned around and had a 12-3 run of their own, got all the way back into it. And the Timberwolves again built a double-digit lead early in the fourth quarter. But it got down to, uh, to the Blazers actually took a two-possession lead in the final uh, six minutes or so of this game. And then D'Angelo Russell did what D'Angelo Russell does after Towns missed a couple of open opportunities from the perimeter. D'Lo uh, did D'Lo things, made a couple of big three-pointers um, and, and did exactly what everybody expected. And after this team was down, uh, they were down four, D'Lo hits a three, the Blazers come down and score. Then they were down three again. Russell makes another three after the Blazers timeout. The Timberwolves come down. They get a switch so that Lillard's guarding Towns and D'Lo looked like he was ready to pull it out and take on the big one-on-one but instead realized, okay, I give Towns the ball at the free throw line uh, with Lillard guarding him. He's going to go down and score. And he didn't. To Towns' credit, he didn't do the thing we see him do too often, which is run over the little guarding him or, or commit an offensive foul. He didn't. And he scored, put the Wolves up by a possession again. Next time down, D'Angelo Russell makes a great play. Jared Vanderbilt, uh, or excuse me, this was the possession when D'Lo missed it. Uh, Vanderbilt got the offensive rebound and a putback. Um, and then from that point forward, it was just Offensive execution, Ant got fouled, made a couple of free throws. Patrick Beverly made a tough shot. Um, and the Timberwolves pulled away in the final couple of minutes. There were some missed free throws. D'Lo missed a couple of free throws when they were up six with 34 seconds left, which actually this game got down to one possession then with 15 seconds left. Um, but then he made a couple of free throws to seal it. So overall, good late game execution. And uh, I'll talk more about this here in key takeaways, but this was really kind of an instance of Ant had a good second quarter. Cat had a good third quarter. D'Lo, for the most part, had a great fourth quarter. And it was just kind of a, the way you draw it up, a well-balanced attack for Minnesota. There were some unsung heroes along the way as well. And I definitely want to dive into that. Um, so let's go ahead and get right into uh, into key takeaways because that's where I want to spend most of the time here on the show today. Uh, first though, before we dig into that, let's talk about our good friends over at DirecTV. 
Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part is that there's no annual contract, so get rid of the clutter and the confusion to get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, let's talk key takeaways. So number one, the Timberwolves defense, um, uh, they ended up giving up 111 points in this game, and it certainly wasn't perfect by any means, but uh, the Blazers are a top 10 offense. They've been a really good offense. Damian Lillard played in this game. Uh, granted, had had missed some time and, and didn't have a good game, but that's also partly credit to how the Timberwolves defended Damian Lillard. Um in a broader context, the Timberwolves got off to a really slow start defensively. I mentioned that off the top of the show. Um, the uh, the defensive rotations were slow. The low man wasn't stepping up. Uh, there were multiple players that were the culprit here. The the there wasn't communication, right? I mean, the, it just the Timberwolves were not doing the things that they need to do if they're going to execute their typical defensive coverage. They simply weren't checking the proper boxes, and, and Portland was getting too many easy shots. And again, for a good offense they don't need any help. Uh, but late in the game, that was completely flipped. And actually, you saw it coming out of halftime. I mean, immediately in the third quarter, as the Wolves built that double-digit lead, it waned a little bit as the Blazers tried to go small. Uh, we'll get into rotations here in a minute. As the third quarter wore on, you know, but right out of the gate, third quarter, and then late in the game in the fourth, the defense was really good. Uh, scrambling, uh, crisp rotations, Xing out to make sure that they're contesting three-point shooters, especially in the corner, um, helping each other out. Uh, rebounding, I mean, securing defensive rebounds. The Timberwolves, one of the reasons they were able to hang in this game in the first half when their defense was struggling was because they did a good enough job rebounding the ball. They actually led in second chance points. Uh, you know, they also did a good job defending without fouling in the first half for the most part. Um, those things all showed up late. They were really hustling. And the Blazers actually were fortunate that they were in this game as, as much as they were in the final minute because Minnesota had multiple strong defensive possessions in a row. And there were a couple of just fortuitous bounces for the Blazers. Um, and, you know, there were a couple of ticky-tack foul calls as well. That was kind of more late third, early fourth quarter when when, when Minnesota was trying to pull away. Um, but all the, all the problems Minnesota had in the first quarter in this game, they flipped them on their head in the fourth quarter. Uh, the hustle, the scrambling, uh, the contesting shots on the perimeter, closing out under control, securing defensive rebounds. All those things were really good down the stretch. And uh, I was I was really impressed by how they they really pulled it together after such a, a, a rough start in that regard. Uh, the second thing would be a little bit of a creative rotation from Chris Finch and nothing terribly groundbreaking. We didn't see any any like completely off the wall uh, you know, lineups or anything like that. But the starting lineup, we saw both Patrick Beverly and D'Angelo Russell healthy again. That bumped Torian Prince out of the starting lineup. It actually bumped Torian Prince out of the rotation entirely. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this is only the second game this year that Prince has had a DNPCD, did not play coach's decision. Uh, Prince did not play. Josh Kogi did not play. Jordan McLaughlin did not play. Landro Balmaro was once again one of the first subs off the bench for Minnesota, but that was his only stint. He played four minutes late in the first quarter and didn't see the court at all in the second half. Uh, Nas Reed 
did not play well in the first half. And then when the Blazers tried to go go small in the third quarter, Minnesota decided to stay small themselves, keep Nas Reed on the bench when Carl Anthony Towns was on the bench, and uh, put in Jalen Noel in the backcourt with D'Angelo Russell. And they, I believe Vando was at the center spot and Jaden McDaniels at the four. And it worked out okay. Eventually, they came back with Nas. And actually, Reed had a pretty strong second half stint after really struggling in the first half. Uh, but the the willingness to go small, and because of that, Nas Reed only played nine minutes in this game. Now, he turned it over five times in nine minutes, um, so he may or may not uh, make an appearance in the studs or duds, studs and duds segment later. Um, but I, I thought that the the creativity, there. oh, and Jalen Noel, I, and, and actually I'll save most of his for just a minute here, but Jalen Noel played 11 minutes in this game after being a really fringe rotation member, but he was eighth on the team in, in minutes played in this game. For Minnesota. So Finch's willingness to be a little bit creative with the end of the rotation. Again, nothing crazy with the top, you know, six, seven guys. I mean, you're t- it's the starters, Jane McDaniels, Mike Beasley, but it's those other three spots that he toyed around with a little bit and wasn't afraid to give guys like Prince and Akogi uh, a DNPCD. Um, and uh, I thought that was, uh, I thought that was notable. Um, the third thing would be uh, some of the kind of unsung heroes uh, for the Timberwolves and um, Jared Vanderbilt being one. I mean, we obviously spent a lot of time this year talking about Jared Vanderbilt. I don't know at this point that he would be an unsung hero necessarily, but in this game, you know, it, it's easy. And I already did focus on, you know, the big quarters individually that Ant, Cat, and D'Lo all had because they all had big individual quarters. Jared Vanderbilt was the constant throughout this game. 14 points, eight rebounds in 31 minutes, 14 points on six of eight shooting. Vando getting eight shots up is a shock. He had three steals and a block, only one turnover and only one foul committed in 31 minutes was a plus nine in the plus minus category. Uh, hit a quarter three in his only three point attempt, hit that uh, earlier in the game, or I guess it would have been third quarter. Then the next time he got the ball in that same corner, Nurkic had to run out and and respect the fact that Vando can make a corner three. Remember he made one on Friday night as well. So this is consecutive games where Vando hit a corner three. And I'm not saying Nurkic should have closed out as hard as he did, but he did. Vando actually put the ball on the deck and drove in for a dunk, which we see him get dunks on, you know, from the dunker's spot, getting, you know, a pass shoveled to him or maybe on an offensive rebound, maybe in the open floor as a cutter. Occasionally he had a dunk as a cutter in this game on a nice pass from Towns in the first half. But to see him put the ball on the floor in the half court and get to the rim and, and get a dunk was awesome. Um, and I don't know that that's going to be a regular part of his game, but the fact that now that's on tape and teams have to know that he can hit a quarter three and he is willing to put the ball on the floor and is obviously athletic and explosive when he gets into the paint bonus there. Vando's actually has a decent handle for his size. And for someone that doesn't handle the ball very often, he also didn't have to catch the ball in traffic, which we know that Vando, one of his shortcomings is he doesn't have great hands, but if they can get 14, eight, and three steals in a block, one turnover, one foul in 31 minutes out of Vando. That's fantastic. Jalen Noel would be the other one. I've always been a fan of Jalen Noel. I've talked about him. If you have listened to the show for a long time, I've clamored for more minutes for Jalen for a long time. Um, side note, wouldn't shock me if eventually he eats into Malik Beasley's minutes a little bit. If 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 Beasley continues to play how he's played for much of this year and Noel plays like he did on Sunday in Portland, five points and three assists in 11 minutes isn't really sexy, but he actually initiated quite a bit of offense in the third quarter. He was on the court with D'Lo, but D'Lo was playing off the ball for a little while. Noel initiated some offense. He had a couple, a couple of those assists were really nice dimes. And, uh, he, he hit an open three in the corner, uh, and just, just did things that you want to see a backup guard who gets the opportunity to, to get in the game in a, a relatively close game. And uh, at the time, I think it was the Wolves were kind of right in that eight to 12 point lead uh, range. Um, he did exactly what you want to see. And I think he earned more minutes moving forward. My last key takeaway 
would be the balance that the Timberwolves showed offensively in terms of it, it. This wasn't like, okay, Ant went for 35 or, or cat had a, you know, one of his monster games, or it was all D'Lo late and they just kept feeding him. This was, Ant took over the second quarter and otherwise had just kind of a so-so game. He had a couple of big free throws late in the game and also a big bucket in the paint. But, you know, 24 points on 13 shots, that's really efficient for Ant. He didn't try too hard to take this game over. That was great. Cat was balanced, 23, 10, and 4. He turned it over a little bit, but the third quarter was big. He was a huge part of the Timberwolves building a double-digit lead in the first place. D'Angelo Russell, very quiet until the fourth quarter. He showed up and hit a couple of big threes, hit a couple of free throws to seal it. I think he had... Uh, 10 points going into the fourth quarter, maybe eight points going into the fourth quarter, finished with 18 on 12 shots, had four made threes. Uh, another another solid D-low close to a game, and you're looking at three quarters that were each dominated by, or maybe not dominated, led by individual stars on the Timberwolves. And if the Wolves can get, you know, each of those three guys scoring at least 18 points on a given night, um, you know, combining for, uh, I guess the assist to turnover ratio wasn't all that great because of, of cats, five turnovers, but taking care of the basketball, initiating offense, those three guys, you're going to be in good shape and that's going to make the Timberwolves a playoff team this year. And that's, that's what we saw in terms of balance on uh, on Sunday in Portland. Okay. I want to close the show by looking at individual studs and duds as we always do. So we're going to do that next. First though, let's talk about our friends at built bar. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. Built Bar, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. So many flavors, you'll have a hard time choosing. We have raspberry or mint brownie, cherry or double chocolate, cookies and cream or peanut butter brownie. Built Bar gives you that extra feel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers or... If you're just standing at endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you that extra something to keep you going. So throw it in your jacket or purse. You never know when you're going to need it. Because it's the season of peace and love, don't bring up your favorite Built Bar flavor at family parties. People are so passionate about their favorite flavor. They'll fight for it as I would fight for, uh, I mean, I don't know, any of the, any of the cookie dough flavors or the cookie dough flavor, I should say, any of the coconut flavors. Um, and things could definitely get out of hand. Want to cozy up with something warm? Here's a holiday secret. Dip your Built Bar into a piping hot cup of cocoa. Let it melt a little, give your beverage a bit of that Built Bar flavor. Plus, you have a nice melty Built Bar to go with it. Like some of those marshmallowy treats around the holidays, you need to get your hands on Built Bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy, and marshmallowy through and through. Different flavors, all covered in chocolate. Tastes so good, you won't believe that they're filled with protein. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. You'll get 15% off your order. Let's also talk about betonline.ag. BetOnline has you covered all season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football season continues the march to the playoffs of basketball nears the third, uh, the one-third point in the regular season schedule, BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive that bonus. From basketball to football, NHL to boxing and UFC, right on down to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 and now headed into the 2022 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Again, that's betonline.ag, a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, uh, let's talk individual studs and duds in this one. Um, 
Number one for me, this is, it's actually kind of tough. I, I mean, I just finished talking about how balanced the Timberwolves were offensively. Uh, I'm actually going to give Jared Vanderbilt the number one stud because he was so consistent throughout. The Timberwolves needed him on the glass on both ends of the floor. He had eight rebounds total, three offensive, five defensive, three steals in a block, only one turnover. They need Vando to play strong defense, to rebound the ball, to be energetic, obviously, and to not turn it over and not make mistakes when he does touch the ball on offense. And for him to be six of eight from the field, only commit the one turnover is a really strong performance. I talked about him last segment. I don't need to spend that much more time on him, but this was a really good Vanderbilt game and his performance stood out to me the most of, of anybody on the Wolves. I'm also going to Carl Anthony Towns a stud. And, and I know that he had more turnovers than assists. He had 23 points, 10 rebounds, four assists, five turnovers, no blocks, no steals. But this was a strong Carl Anthony Towns game, and I'll tell you why. I, I think he he allowed the game to come to him. The Blazers did a good job defending him, and Nurkic is not. It's not a picnic to go against to go against Yusuf Nurkic, um, and also the the Blazers did a good job of of trying different guys on Towns. Right? I mean, they put Rocco on him, Robert Covington, the former Timberwolves for a while, and and Covington had a great game. Four blocks, five steals for Covington, um, but. The Blazers kind of tried to have it both ways with how they guarded Towns. And Minnesota moved Towns around enough so that he wasn't simply catching in the low block and being doubled. They did that a little early. He turned it over a couple of times. But Towns allowed the game to come to him in a really good way. Uh, like it never felt really that he was out of control in this game. Uh, you know, there were a couple of moments. There always are. Uh, but of, of the five turnovers, I think three were offensive fouls and two of them were were ticky-tack at best calls. And I'll give Towns the benefit of the doubt on those. Um, or really, honestly, I, he doesn't need the benefit of the doubt. They just were ticky-tack calls and they could have gone either way. Again, part of it is Towns' reputation precedes him as somebody who flails around, commits offensive fouls, et cetera. Fair or unfair, it, that's a fact. And that happened in this game on a couple of those. I thought that Towns was smart with the ball. He had a couple of really nice passes in this game, a couple of good looks that did not lead to baskets, a couple that did lead to to fouls at the rim for teammates that that ended up uh, you know, shooting free throws. And Towns did attempt 10 free throws in this game. He was aggressive enough, 23 points on 17 shots. It's weird that he didn't make a three. I've been saying now for a few games that the Wolves need to get him more three-point attempts. Uh, and Towns had a couple he should have made that were open looks. But nine of 10 at the line, you know, the 10 rebounds is nice. His rebounding numbers have been down a little this year. Generally speaking, this is a very good Carl Anthony Towns game. And if he doesn't have a big third quarter, the Wolves don't win this game. That's how they built that double digit lead. And I know that Portland came back from that, but that was just kind of that post halftime surge that Minnesota needed. And Towns really keyed in or keyed all of that, I should say. Um, so Towns also gets a stud in this game. So one to Vando, one to Towns. And the third one's got to go to D'Angelo Russell because he was so good down the stretch. A couple of missed free throws, notwithstanding. 18 points, five rebounds, five assists, two steals, five of 12 shooting. Very efficient night. 18 points on 12 nights for 12 shots for D'Lo. Four of eight outside the arc. Four of six at the free throw line. He had those two misses that would have stretched it to a two. Uh, uh, yeah, it would have made it a two possession game in the final minute. But uh, then he did come back and hit the game ceiling free throws at the very end in the final seconds. Um, so 18, five, five, and two steals, only two turnovers and a team best plus 20 in the plus minus column for D'Lo. And uh, tied for a team high, 35 minutes played. So good return from the ankle soreness for D'Lo and didn't really show any ill effects there. He was also strong defensively. I didn't really, I, I should have keyed in on this more in, in key takeaways, but he was a big part of the Wolves defense on Dame. Uh, Lillard only had, uh, well, he had 24 points, 11 rebounds, six assists, but he also shot five of 17 from the field, three of 14 outside the arc and five turnovers. 
And this wasn't just Lillard missing open shots. He missed a couple of open three-point attempts early in the game, but Minnesota actually, by and large, did a really good job making life difficult for him, contesting his shots. A lot of it was Patrick Beverly. D'Angelo Russell helped a little bit. Malik Beasley was actually pretty solid defensively as well when he was on the court. I thought the Wolves did a good job of, of defending the point of attack. And there's no team that that's more important against than the Damian Lillard-led Portland Trailblazers. So really strong job across the board defending Dame. I just I wanted to slide that in there. I should have said it earlier. Uh, but D'Lo was certainly part of that. A good all-around game from D'Angelo Russell. In terms of duds, um, I'm going to really I, I'm going to re- really narrow this down. I'm going to say Nas Reed's first half. It was a really rough stint for Nas. It was like a five six minute stint in the first half. Not good. Uh, second half he was much better. Overall, in nine minutes though, he somehow turned it over five times and only had one rebound uh, for Nas Reed. So difficult game for Nas, but specifically in the first half. He's struggled a little bit of late the last couple of weeks after having a really strong stretch right before that. Everybody has rough patches. Uh, hopefully Nas doesn't lose any confidence. And depending on the matchup, he's going to, we, we saw early in the season, he saw a lot of minutes next to Towns at the four. That wasn't feasible in this game, certainly, against a team that loves to play small in Portland. Uh, but hopefully we see more of that moving forward. Um, also, Malik Beasley was a little bit underwhelming. I mentioned his defense was good. He did hit a couple of big threes in the second half. But again, 23 minutes and only six points on five shots for Malik is not what the Timberwolves signed up for when they extended him last offseason. So um, here's hoping that Malik can can kind of pull out of uh, the the weird tailspin that he's been for the majority of the season. Um, that's pretty much it. I, there was nobody else individually that had a, had a terrible game for Minnesota. So all things considered, a really strong performance from the Timberwolves to win by five on the road. Portland's always a tough place to play. I mean, Portland's came into this game 11 and 15 overall, uh, but they were 10 and four at home. So they'd only won one game on the road and have still been a really good home team. They got Dame back. They needed this game badly too. Minnesota came in and they won it. Now they get a couple of nights off and then they'll head to Denver uh, to take on the Nuggets who have also underwhelmed this season. Um, They'll take on the Nuggets on Wednesday. So they'll actually get Monday and Tuesday off and face the Nuggets in Denver on Wednesday. So um, that's all we have for today. Of course, we'll be back Tuesday. Uh, We'll have a show Tuesday as well as Wednesday, daily, Monday through Friday. If you're not following or subscribed, please do. And if you are, thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. Remember, Lockdown Wolves is free and available on all platforms. That includes YouTube, as well as all the audio platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, and Odyssey. Um, and also just really anywhere you want to listen to podcasts. You can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T-Wolves and at B-Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. All right, that's all we have for today. Thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, The Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked on Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.